AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The grain markets, yeah, they're kind of stumbling into the start of a new year. Kind of like how the GOP is stumbling into the start of the 118th Congress. And weather-wise, it's been a weird morning outside the bunker. Ice, snow, rain, and even and even some lightning and thunder. Live from a workstation with zero workplace incidents so far this year via Farm Journal <laughs> broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll begin with a conversation with Kevin Marcus from Marcus Weather. Then we'll get an update from Pro Farmer Policy OG Jim Weismeyer. And right after the news, Karen Bonert from Farm Journal's Milk. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, so was there a count at the end of 2022 of workplace injuries? Uh, the numbers don't go that high. Uh, oh. Actually, we lost count somewhere around 50. Yeah, so just decided, nah. Yeah, nah, enough, it's, it's, enough uh, already. Yeah. All right, well, very mm-hmm. good, very good. Well, be safe. We're at be zero right there. now so far, and my teeth are still Fantastic. attached. I mean, you know, nice. it's, we're off to a good start. Well, I, th- what I said in the open is absolutely true. I, this is some of the weirdest January third weather I think I've ever seen. I remember, I remember, um, you, you know, working calves late mm-hmm. December, early January. We always sure. did, and um, I remember one time in particular. I wasn't very doggone old, but it was snowing and there was thunder and lightning mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. going on. While we were working those calves, kind of, kind of took me back to the to to that day a long, long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. Speaking yes. of a long time ago, uh huh. Speaking of a long time ago, yesterday I've been informed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yesterday was our fifth year anniversary of hosting the morning hour of AgriTalk. Can that be right? Five I years. I. It is. Now that, you know, I've been told, and now that I've thunk about it, uh-huh. it's true. Five years already, Davis. I, I felt like I was celebrating something yesterday. I just wasn't it, sure what. It, yeah. Right. It was nice to get the day <laughs> off for that, wasn't it? It really was. It really was. Man, oh, you man. Know, they shut down the markets and the government and everything. Oh, shucks, I, gang. I, oh, shucks. I knew. Oh, shucks, America. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. All right, buddy. Let's get to it. What do you got in the news? Well, Chip, a major multi-hazard storm is barreling across the U.S., bringing the risk of strong tornadoes and flooding to the south and ice and snow to the plains and upper Midwest today. Officials are urging people in in the plains to avoid unnecessary travel and to pack emergency kits in their vehicles to stay prepared. That's always a good idea, those emergency kits in the snow-prone areas, Chip. Absolutely it is. And down south, boy, watch out for some of the – there's already been tornado warnings this morning uh, in in some of the southern states, so be aware. International Monetary Fund Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva warned that the global economy faces, quote, a tough year – Tougher than the year we leave behind, telling CBS's Face the Nation, we expect one-third of the world economy to be in recession 
This says the U.S., EU, and China are all slowing down simultaneously. Chip. Yeah, we can all make predictions. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be quite that bad or not, but <laughs> it sounds it, bad. It sounds pretty rough, yeah. Yeah. Well, European stocks posted their worst year since 2018. The Russia-Ukraine war, rapidly rising interest rates, and a global economic slowdown significantly strained the European economy. That led to the region's Eurostoxx 600 index falling 12.76% this year, marking its worst annual decline since 2018. According to the Wall Street Journal, the automotive sector's shift to electric vehicles is helping drive one of the biggest factory building booms in the U.S. in years. About $33 billion in new auto factory investment was pledged in the country across the first 11 months of 2022, adding to the $37 billion in new investments announced in 2021. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out uh, how willing they are to invest in the mining of some of the materials that are needed mm-hmm. for these electric vehicles. Well, that that's going to be a, I think, is going to be a major issue in 23. House Republicans unveiled a new rules package that outlines the proposed changes GOP lawmakers plan to make as they regain control of the House, which could be taken up this week as the chamber's new term begins. But first, House GOP members remain at odds over a coming speaker vote at midday today. Democrats have already selected their leadership for the new Congress. Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, will succeed Representative Nancy Pelosi as the party's leader making him the first black person to lead a major political party in Congress. Yeah, there's still 14 uh, House GOPers that say that they are not going to support McCarthy, which is going to leave the GOP rudderless and potentially delay the start of of the 118th Congress. We'll talk to Jim about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Feels like it's going to get weird. Yeah, well, Russian does. leader Russian leader Vladimir Putin launched a deadly New Year's Eve attack on Ukrainian cities and called the war a quote sacred duty in a national address. Meanwhile, Ukraine exported 22.6 million metric tons of grain in the first half of 22-23, down 29.8 percent from the same period last year. That total included corn, wheat, and barley. Britain, France, Israel, South Korea, and Spain joined the list of countries restricting travelers from China, with some demanding proof of vaccination and others negative COVID-19 test results. America, Italy, and Japan had already done so. World Health Organization is pleading with China to release more regular information about the spread of the disease as it rolls back its isolation policy. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Karen Bonard, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Good morning, Karen. Happy New Year, Chip. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. Boy, uh, the end of 2022 brought some struggles for a family in Illinois. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, just days ahead of Christmas, a story broke that really tugged at my heart. A fellow Illinois dairy family lost, nearly lost everything overnight due to a barn fire. Again, this was just a few days before Christmas. Majority of their 140 milk cows died. In addition, their barns, their milking parlor, their feed area, it all went up into flames and was destroyed. And the firefighters were fighting this. And, you know, you remember that cold spell yeah. and sub zero temps. Yeah. And so I think that this leads to really, Chip, what we can do in the off season. And what I mean by that, when we're not so busy with farming, right? And I think we need to look at our insurance coverage. This story seems timely for us to all reevaluate. We're already putting together balance sheets and year assessments together for our lenders, for our accountants. 
we're putting values on livestock, land, buildings, and machinery. So while we gather that for the lender, why not pass it along to the insurance agent and then set up meeting up on what is covered and what is not? Don't make assumptions. We should never make assumptions. And so I can't speak on what was covered for that Illinois family, but what I do know is that their life was forever changed on the 22nd of December. And they're very thankful for the outpour of support and a growing GoFundMe account. Um, the full story, of course, is on Dairy Herd. But I think for us, it's all it's a time to push pause and kind of reassess, if you will. Yeah. And, and Karen, you make such an excellent point in, in the fact that you're you're running all the numbers anyway. Why mm-hmm. would you not include your insurance provider in in uh, in in that kind of an update? I think it makes all the sense in the world. Really good stuff. And boy, our hearts go out to the family. Um, and, and as you said, the full story, www.dairyherd.com, including a link to the GoFundMe, isn't there? That's true. Yep. 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 Excellent. Happy New Year, Karen. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. That is Karen Bonert, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Okay. Weird weather outside. Let's find out how long it might stick around. Take a long-term view of what to expect here in the U.S., and in South America. Kevin Marcus, Marcus Weather, up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Uh, hopefully you had a safe New Year and kicking things off right, right here on AgriTalk. Thanks for joining Indeed. us. Speaking of yeah. which, here at yeah. the uh, Southern Outpost, mm-hmm. we're looking at uh, 44 degrees, partly cloudy, headed for a high of 57 today. Wow. I think we're gonna. I think we're going to miss the snow and we're going to miss the uh, creepy stuff headed uh, toward the south. We're in the yeah. sweet spot here right now. It looks like it. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing earlier for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not so much in the sweet spot. We're not so much. We're, no. we're getting stuff. We're getting Safe. stuff. I mean, when it's thirty-five degrees and raining hard, yeah, it, yeah. it just it makes you shiver and shake from even sitting inside. Let's Indeed. bring in Kevin Marcus, Marcus Weather Consulting. Kevin, it's good to talk to you. Happy New Year! Thank you, Chip. Great to talk to you again. You bet. Boy, this is quite a That's... system making its way across the country, isn't it? Well, you're just getting. A little, a little tip of that iceberg. That iceberg is sitting in California, where they're measure, measuring the amount of uh, rain in feet, and and the uh, amount of uh, snow in tens of feet in the Sierra Nevadas. So if you feel fortunate that you're not getting buried in yeah. uh, 
parts of the central plains in the next 24 hours. Yeah, I, I definitely feel um, fortunate that way. It, so all this moisture hitting the West Coast and, and the Sierras, I understand you don't want to get buried in the snow, but this is something that is desperately needed out there. Yeah, well, you got to be careful what you ask for. You get yeah. a, a a quick, uh, strong recharge in, uh, in the process. Unfortunately, there'll be a lot of flooding going one of the valleys there in, in the city. So, um, you know, it, but it is cor- it is going to be corrective of the multi-year drought out there. We just have to wait a little bit longer for that to roll its way into the southern plains. Okay. So with what's happening out west right now, is that symptomatic of a uh, change in the overall pattern? Certainly different than where we were a year ago, but we're still – lacking a southerly component of the jet stream what you hear talked about is this atmospheric river delivering these copious amounts of rain and snow into california but what the jet stream is not doing is dipping down further south because the waters around hawaii and down towards the equator are still cool because la nina is still present and so it's um, a bit of a change or we're moving out of la nina but you know we still have we still have an imprint in the atmosphere of La Nina that's going to be with us for the next couple of months. Okay. So the, the transition is happening and it seems like transitions from El Nino to neutral or La Nina to neutral. Um, it's that transition period becomes kind of a, a volatile weather period, isn't it? Right. The, uh, there's a handoff here. The La Nina backs mm-hmm. off and the other tropical signal, called the Madden Joint Oscillation, which is more progressive in nature, spends a few weeks usually in an El Nino-like mimicking state and a La Nina-like mimicking state. And so, mm. you know, because it's it's progressive in nature, you get both flavors, but you, know, you get it in, in, over the course of two to three weeks, not the three years worth of La Nina that, we, that we're finishing up right now. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of three weeks on three weeks off kind of a pattern is is that what we're getting into right well that's the in this transition zone why the, the, the la nina is losing its grip eventually we yeah. do get into a a pattern that's more representative of el nino but that's probably not going to be till mi- middle of this year okay middle of the year so what does this transition period mean let's let's uh, go down to south america and go to Argentina first. What does it mean for Argentina? Well, Argentina is has a multiple problem, not, not unlike what we're seeing in the Southern Plains. We've had three years of La Nina, so we've had three years of drought that have built up. So we have a compounding effect of three years of drought, you know, lack of subsoil moisture. So the rains, like we saw over the weekend, come through are not really corrective in nature. And, and as a result, they, they go back into a hot and dry pattern this week they get some showers and then go back so it looks like that off and on but mostly hot and dry pattern continues for the month of january and maybe it starts to break up in february but because you know they're they're falling into what i call the abyss here of uh, the drought compounding effects you know we have an unusual situation where we're going to lose area and in addition to yield, and you know, we're already running 10% or more behind on the planting pace for corn and beans in Argentina. And I just think that doesn't get planted. 
Yeah. Another 30 days or so. Another three weeks of what they've been dealing with, Kevin, and they're going to have to make some changes, right? They're just right. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense to put seed in the ground and waste your resources right. for something that's not going to grow. And I think right. that's that's the unusual aspect of this growing season in Argentina is not not only are we it's a catastrophic situation for at least half of the growing growers there that they're just not going to have a crop. Right. OK, um, take us into Brazil, stay in southern Brazil. What does it mean in southern Brazil? Well, different than last year, where the, the dry conditions pushed well up into Brazil, including Paraná, Mato Grosso do Sul. Those areas were all in drought last year, and that's why we ended up with such a short crop in, in yeah. Brazil, soybeans. This year, that we're confining the problem to Rio Grande do Sul. So that's, yeah. that is the only state that's at risk for significant loss, and so that can be made up north further to the north. So it should keep the Brazil production closer to that USDA estimate at 152. Rio Grande saw as a dry February, which it very well could have, and, and maybe we slip a little below 150 million metric tons, but it's still a huge increase, over 20 million metric tons, 500 million bushels increase over last year. Crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, Safrina corn crop, what does it mean for that? Well, the last two years, you know, as, as the La Ninas were, were weakening, in, in April, we saw an early shutdown of the rains, and we avoided a catastrophic situation this past year because the safrina crop got planted in early. And so it went through its pollination and, and most of its grain fill period before it ran out of water. This year, you know, we're not going to be quite as early, and it looks like a repeat of the, of the rains ending early in April. So we're looking for you know, at least a 10% loss on the safrina crop. Still going to be a big crop bigger than as big as last year's okay you know, around 90 million metric tons okay okay very good uh come back up to the u.s on this now and give us january outlook based on what's what's going on well continued active storm track it won't be we will you will see the atmospheric river you know drop off here later later in january and february they're not going to continue this fire hose for, for the for the rest of the winter, but with a La, La Nina and, and a MJO, you're going to see a lot more variability. So, you know, January is mostly going to be mild and stormy across the central and northern plains, but still dry in the southern plains. So we're going to you know, we're going to knock out the drought east of the Mississippi, but we're going to retain the drought conditions in the central and southern plains you know, right up into March. Okay. All right. Now, take us. Um, what what does this pattern shift do to our growing season? Well, in the spring, I think you initially start out cool, a little bit drier in April. So, if there are initial delays, mostly because of cold soils, but we we're building up a pretty significant snowpack in the Dakotas, and we add on top of that wetter conditions returning in April and May. We may be looking at prevent plant acres between the Missouri River Valley and in the Red River Valley. Mm. But if, we, if we've got a cool and, and wet growing season, if we can get it in the ground, we've got a pretty good chance at a, at a favorable crop this year? I think, I think you're looking at above-trend yield potential for soybeans. Okay. With, with you know, El Nino rainfall you know, kicking in in August and September, but July still looks a little bit iffy for 
timely rains and with a background drought conditions in Iowa, Nebraska, um, that could come back to bite us and, and keep the corn yields close to what we've seen on average the last five years, around 175. Yep. yep. Uh, the rangeland, pasture land out in the central plains, it sounds like you're you're looking for some relief there. Not initially this year, but yes, you know, starting starting around May or June, I think you'll start to see okay. regular rains kick in the southern plains and continue into the end of the year. So the last eight or nine months of 2023 look promising for pasture conditions. Man, oh man, I hope you're right on all of this, Kevin, because, well, I, I don't want the planting delays, but I do want some moisture in those dry areas, in the cattle country in particular. We need to put an end to this drought and move on and and get some grass back and and make some adjustments to this cattle herd because we're really threatening going too far in the wrong direction uh, with with this cow herd out there. Kevin, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk with you again soon. And and again, happy new year. Thank you, Chip. Be well. Have a great year. All right, thank you, buddy. Bye bye. You bet. That is Kevin Marcus, uh, Marcus Weather Consulting. A lot going on in Washington, D.C. right now. We need to get to the bottom line. Jim Wiesmeyer, pro-former policy analyst, up next. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, Chip. All right. Um, get us started here and start us off in the soy complex. 20-plus uh, cent losses in beans right now. What's going on? Yeah, not so happy in the the soy complex or soybeans and soy meal anyway. Uh, you know, a multitude of things. The biggest one is just its risk off day. Um, stock markets uh, sharply lower. Uh, the U.S. dollar index is, is sharply higher. Uh, crude oil market, along with most commodities, sharply lower, and and uh, so that's weighing on it. Uh, the market, and then Argentina got some needed rains over the uh, extended weekend. And uh, so, you know, you add it all up and it, it leads to a big day of, of price pressure here. Um, not only in, in soybeans and soy meal, they're leading it to the downside, but also corn and, and the wheat market are involved as well. Yep. A little bit of a reversal of the trends in the soy product markets that, that we saw at the end of the year. So maybe some repositioning in the spreads there as well. But take us over to the livestock trade. What's going on? Well, uh, they're caught up in uh, that big wave of uh, risk-off trade that I talked about uh, impacting the grain markets. And, uh, you know, live cattle futures are moderately to sharply lower here, uh, as are feeder cattle in in most of those contracts. Uh, Hog market, kind of the same story. Uh, Front end of the the market is down sharply. Some lesser losses as you get out into the far deferred contracts. But, uh, boy, it's just a a rough go of things. And and those outside markets are definitely having an impact here uh, in livestock trade to kick off the uh, the new week and the new year yeah supplies are expected to be tight this year but the big question here is going to be on beef demand and pork demand going forward in what might be a bit of a struggling economy all right brian thank you so much we'll talk to you again later that's pro farmer editor brian grady on markets now from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Jeff. Glad that you're with us on this first business day of 2023. And it's supposed to be the first business day of the 118th Congress. We'll find out if they get the job done or not. Let's find out from Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Happy New Year, Jim. Happy New Year, Chip. Well, uh, we're going to see if the if the Republicans in the House can govern because they open the chamber at noon Eastern time. So we're going to see a vote probably around midday, whether or not uh, yeah, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, has the needed 218 votes, Jim. He doesn't have them right now, does he? I mean, we're half no. an hour away. Yeah, up to nine. And most people say here, almost everybody says he, he won't have them, at least on the first uh, ballot. Right. Uh, so uh, it it could be a long day. But just go bottom line. If it takes more than one, this is not a good start for the uh, you know new Congress under so-called Republican control. Right. Now, what happens if he doesn't make it on the first vote? Is there some horse trading that that takes place and and some well, promises given? What what happens? Well, McCarthy doesn't want too much horse trading by others, so I don't think he'll he'll uh, he'll acknowledge any cessation of the vote. So they could continue in relatively rapid order for the House. Okay, all right. What's going to be the first point of order? The first thing that the, that the House will take up? They have to vote on a speaker. They can do nothing else, Jim. Yeah. We can't even get the announcements of subcommittee chairman on the House Ag Committee until they have a speaker. So uh, nothing goes on without having a speaker announced. Okay. Well, let's let, let's assume that by the end of the business day, there is a speaker in the House. Who are the alternatives? Oh, well, you have the most frequent one would be uh, Scalise from Louisiana. Yeah. He's right under you know, McCarthy. And then there are other candidates, but I'll tell you, they all have their own problems, Chip. So that's why this could be a lengthy process unless one, uh, uh, a few of those, uh, uh, let's call them 14, uh, uh, you know, just uh, either vote present, which would change the 
you know, necessary 218 votes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, just, you know, bottom line, Chip, again, too much up in the air. And, and this is what I think the vast majority of voters disdain about this town. The, 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 now you have an intra-party game on, on yeah. this one. It's, it's a few misfits. I don't care what you want to call them. I call them misfits. Okay. And, and what they are saying is that McCarthy just isn't conservative enough, correct? Some of them. Others say oh. that uh, uh, a few other ones say he w initially worked against them in a House race and uh, they won. So you have different grievances. But, you know, they have they don't have much strategy in back because there's a there there's a good hundred what 185 that uh, want McCarthy to be the uh, speaker. So once again, this is the will of the vast yeah. minor minority trying to get leverage. Wow. OK. All right. So let's say by the end of the day, we do have a speaker. What what do we I, I saw in one of your reports, aren't they going to take up like funding for the IRS, uh, oh, the, the, the new yeah. positions? That's their number one. And that'll be approved, Chip, but it's going nowhere in the Senate. You know, in the Senate. So it's an optic oh. vote already for 2024. So here we go all over again. Right again, out the shoot, too. Right <laughs> out of the shoot. Yeah, these are optic <laughs> votes. But and, and I know I don't want to be so pessimistic, but this is not a good beginning because you haven't had a second vote in 123 years. I mean, sorry, 100 years. Uh, 1923, Chip. So this is a record you don't want to beat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it feels like that's where we're headed, Jim. It, it, a, a lengthy day showboating yeah. all over the place. Yes. I, and again, yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to end because how long will, you know, if you go more than two votes, then McCarthy has pressure on him yeah. to, uh, to, to work a deal for another person, but they'll never admit that right now. Right. Right. Plus some and, of the some of the compromises that he's had to give to whatever you want to call this group, uh, you know, no Kevin, uh, you know, that could well weaken uh, even if he is speaker. So much like John right. Boehner was weakened under a similar escapade. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and then over on the minority side, the Democrat side, uh, they are. They are marching ahead and in agreement on the next leader or the minority leader, correct? Oh, yeah. Hakeem Jeffries. Oh, he's yeah. ready to roll. And the, the Democrats, unlike the Republicans, they've already uh, voted on a generational change across the board, Chip. They got that done last year. Okay. All right. So one that, that we already know is going to take place uh, – Glenn G.T. Thompson will be the new um, uh, chairman of the House Ag Committee. I, I've heard nothing but positive comments about that, and, and we've talked about it on the show before, Jim, but uh, it seems like he's going to hit the ground running when it comes to the Farm Bill. Well, yeah, and he even has a Farm Bill hearing in his state of Pennsylvania on Saturday and a few uh, a few Democrats will be at that. Uh, bottom line, G.T. Thompson, Chip, is a consensus builder, and uh, and he's seen that way. He's seen as at least being a good listener and willing to accommodate when he can, and I think that's the hallmarks of any good lawmaker. Okay. 
Jim Jordan is going to be a busy man in 2023, don't you think? Oh, yeah. If, <laughs> to chair the Judiciary Committee, uh, he, he's going to be uh, more than busy. Uh, but uh, there, there's also uh, some potential hurdles in that, Chip, too, because he has to be delicate in, in the timing and the number of investigations that his committee uh, uh, operates. Well, he's going to max it out, whatever that number is, isn't he? Uh, well, you, you, you gotta be careful. Republicans have a habit of overreaching. Uh, so he, I think he's gotta be careful. Okay. Um, some of the, some of the issues that he is going to take up and, and launch investigations into, uh, the, the, um, Hunter Biden laptop is going to be close to the top of the list, isn't it? Near there, the uh, COVID origins, uh, which yeah. should take place, uh, uh, a more in-depth look of how we pell-mell ran out of uh, Afghanistan, uh, the uh, the politicization of some of the uh, so-called independent agencies in the government, uh, FBI, CIA, aspects like that, which should take place, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah th there, there's enough to go around, as we just went through. But the, the Biden investigations will be, as we've seen with Trump, very lengthy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, it... it the pandemic assistance programs, it looks like the OMB, you had it this morning. Have they wrapped up some auditing of, of the assistance and, and how the program was implemented? That plus, yeah, apparently USDA uh, changes that they want to make. So that was approved, it looks like, on December the 28th, Chip. So now we should get a USDA, a several USDA announcements, but in particular, how they're going to uh, unfold phase two of the emergency relief program, uh, which farm groups still tell me from the last thing they've heard from USDA, they will not like how that uh, operates. And it, it gets complex, but we'll see if there was any last minute uh, changes by USDA. Okay. Have they have they finished up the phase one of that now? Mostly. I mean, they're paying it out, but we have very little updates every, uh, what, Monday. Uh, you know, now we'll, we'll get the update today. But they're basically done with the phase one chip. And, and they okay. got they got out a lot of money, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Um, I it. 2023 does not feel like a year that is going to be uh, as willingly supported with additional payments to farmers, does it? No, no, it does not. And then, then that's why we're saying this is cash flow year in the, in the business of uh, agriculture, both at the producer end and at the uh, at the operating companies levels. And of course, last week, Chip, we also got the the uh, new uh, uh, interim, I think, WOTUS definition from the administration. Yeah. Right, right. Um, it's the not so final final rule on WOTUS, correct? Yeah, but you know the 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 analysis of this was by issuing a rule first before the uh, Supreme Court rules. Looks like this uh, June on it. Uh, some uh, analysts say the government now has more room to interpret the court's decision whenever it comes out. So I, you know, after I saw that and heard that. 
you know, that made sense to me that that's their strategy because a number of lawmakers did not want them to come out with any, no matter whether it's interim or, or not, uh, you, you know, rule. But this, uh, you know, lawyers, uh, once they uh, think that they have more flexibility, they'll use it. Yeah. Yeah, certainly will. No question about it. Um, one other domestic issue before we go global in the next segment, Jim, E15, a year-round availability. Does it have potential? Oh, I have to think it has potential. Uh, and then I actually, that's the future of corn-based ethanol. you got to raise that percentage, uh, 15, 20% or higher to get true growth, Chip, beyond what we have factored in right now. EPA, I think that they'll be very accommodative of these, what, eight, you know, governors requesting it. Whether or not it comes out of Congress uh, remains to be seen because anything is controversial when it comes to Congress. That's right. All right. We are in the middle of a conversation with Jim Wiesmeyer from Pro Farmer. Let's talk Russia and China activity next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Your next piece of equipment is on machinerypeat.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineRepeat.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with Jim Wiesmeyer, pro-farmer policy analyst. Jim, I know I promoted that we're going to go global, but there are a couple of other domestic issues that I think we should hit first here. Um, the Fed is, is, in the year ahead, it, it's been well documented that uh, interest rates are expected to continue to move to the upside. We just don't know how aggressively they will. But uh, we we had a, a question on Friday in the free-for-all about how these higher interest rates are going to impact the country's ability to manage $33 trillion in debt. I mean, this is a major issue for us in the year ahead, isn't it? Yeah, trillion dollars of debt. Oh, did I say trillion? Yeah, I think yeah, oh, thank you did, although I, I my ears aren't the best. Yes, it's going to become increasingly difficult. Now the bond market right now, Chip uh, still thinks that uh DC can manage that debt no uh, no matter how large it gets at this particular time. I think it's nearing 32 trillion. Uh but as far as the Fed if if interest rates, I mean, if inflation 
at the end of the year is 3% or greater, that, that they will not pivot to lower rates. And right. that's what the equity markets uh, are watching. They want to pivot, but it looks like they won't get it this calendar year. Right. Okay. All right. Very good. Is trade going to become a bigger issue for this administration? has to be because we're seeing an interesting dynamic with with the Russia-Ukraine war and then with the trade uh, uh, strategy changes in shipping energy, uh, it, you're seeing a major fundamental changes in trade flows, Chip. So that means, yeah, a concerted look at U.S. trade policy must take place. Okay. All right. Uh, you mentioned the war in Ukraine. Russia was very aggressive over the the New Year's weekend. Uh, they're they're not backing off at all right now, are they? No attack and counterattacks so on uh, yeah. Ukrainian strike on the that Russian military facility. Uh, it, it's uh, I think was the biggest one they've had uh, in in terms of losses. Well, yeah, even <laughs> on the Russia Russian said, side, on the Russian yeah, side, even yeah. Russia said they lost th- uh, 63 troops, which yeah. could be much more than that. Yeah. Putin in his uh, yearly address, I guess it was his yearly address, called the war a sacred duty, Chip. This thing is going to be more entrenched than most people thought even late last year. Yeah. Yeah. When you start talking that way, it smells like 20 years in Afghanistan again. Doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Let's hope it's not that long. But you get my well, drift. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But it when it's when it becomes a sacred duty, this is uh, it, it's got life to it. Is is what it concerns me about. Good He'll grief. go down with the ship. Putin will yes. on this one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and we've got countries out there that are putting up some restrictions on travelers coming in from uh, China. Uh, yeah. What kind of uh, disruption does of this look like? Well, uh, the, the eventually, it looks like by the end of this month, uh, we'll get a, into a little respite for China, who's seen massive increases in 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 COVID, but by the it could take until near the middle of the year for them to be what we would call in their growth track, Chip. So uh, uh, that's right at the time. By the way, most U.S. economists think our economy will catch the draft of the recession around the world. Uh, so again, China has their own problem short term here as they come in and, 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 uh, going through the woes of lifting their zero COVID policy. Yeah. And China's problems become the EU's problems, become the U S problems. Um, it, it does feel a bit snowballish that those issues are going to become our issues as well. Yes, and China's nobody's fool. What the good news on this is the new Chinese ambassador to the U.S., who knows this country quite well, said over the weekend, gave very comfortable, uh, let's let's start talking more. He was much more upbeat on the positive side in the U.S.-China relationships. Let's hope that continues. Yeah, okay. All right, what else are you uh, focused on here as we get the new year started, Jim? Well, the jobs report on Friday. That will just be another marker for the Fed and, you know, something else to chew on. Okay. So we've got that. 
we we've uh, we are obviously prepping for this vote here that could happen within the next 20 minutes or so right at uh, for the house speaker uh yeah but as i said i think it'll it'll be at least a long day minimum on on this one but yeah we're we're frozen in our tracks here in dc relative to this vote chip because the, the wheels of the house uh operating are, are stuck right now pending you know uh, pending that vote but as i signaled last week i think now the odds are that we could well get a new farm bill uh, this year, because yeah. some of the sensitive issues relative to climate uh, change matters and food stamp funding uh, was, was, weren't totally settled in the omnibus, but a number of them uh, were. So they have six months to get a bill before the July or August congressional recess. So that's a long time. Let's get it done. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it certainly feels like, as we mentioned earlier, that uh, the new House Ag Chairman uh, Glenn G.T. Thompson is going to hit the ground running on this one and and get as much uh, much done as he possibly can. All right, buddy. So we are going to continue to watch uh, what's going on there. Uh, we we've uh, we've got the the jobs report at the end of the week. It all blends into what the Fed is going to be doing with interest rates in the year ahead. And, and you went through that very well for us. So, all right, man, we will talk again later this week. Have a good one. Sure. All right. That is pro farmer policy analyst, Jim Wiesmeyer. Okay. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Really appreciate it. We've got a new voice coming on this afternoon. All right. Mike Miner from professional ag marketing is going to be our guest this afternoon. Looking forward to that. And tomorrow morning, we'll get a read of the ag economy from Jim Minter, ag economist there at Purdue University, right here on AgriTalk.